You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. Ray Isle has been executive editor of Food & Wine magazine for 15 years. That's a lot of foie gras, and he's still going. I'm here with Ray Isle today. He's the executive editor of Food & Wine magazine. I want to thank you for joining us during Bevuary. Drinking on the job's response to dry January. Bevuary, drink more this month because... You've got because to catch you up should. to do. And you should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't yeah. hurt Ray in our yeah. business. I mean, That's don't right. do that to us. Yeah. Um, so thanks for thanks for being on. I'm uh, thrilled to be here. This yeah, is great. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you brought a great bottle of wine and we got some wine to drink. Yeah. Um, so give us like the five minute of like how you uh, get this incredible position that everybody's envious of. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, like uh, you know, ended up getting paid to write about wine, which is completely ridiculous on some level, but but really great. Andy. Um, right. So yeah. I, I essentially... Um, um, I started out going sort of down an academic path. I was I was going to be in in literature, and my dad was an English professor. It kind of seemed like that was the thing I was going to do. Um, and I didn't grow up in a wine drinking family at all. Uh, I grew up in Texas. You know, I think there was you know Coors once once you could get it west of the east of the Rockies. What's you the know? big Texas beer that everyone's super happy it's here? Uh, um, well, uh, Shiner's the one everyone's super happy Shiner about. Bob, there was yeah. a lot of like you know yeah. there was also a lot of you know. Um, Pearl, which is you know you know piss water, basically that's yeah. what they refer to it as. <laughs> but um, but so I did grow up drinking wine, and I I got into wine when I was in when I was in grad school in English and in, in in Boston, and I had a girlfriend who um, worked at a restaurant there. And what happened was I started drinking wine and started getting into it, and then I got a graduate fellowship um, in writing out in the Bay Area, which put me close to wineries, and I started going to wineries right. for sure. tastings, and and then I started thinking, well, you know, maybe there's something to write about here. You know, it's like, you know, I didn't, didn't really have what, So what were you writing? Uh, I was writing fiction. Um, okay. I was writing, I was on a, I was a, did a master's in creative writing. And then I also uh, was on a thing called a Stegner Fellowship at Stanford. So, mm-hmm. um, so I was writing fiction, not anything to do with the food or wine world, but right. I, I was drinking wine at that point. I was like, I would, I would go in my, in my like ridiculous, you know, graduate school level income would go to KNL wines and, in, in, you know, in Mountain View and, and, and talked and they, they were actually great because I would show up with my 20 bucks, which was my wine, right. wine for the month expenditure right. and be like, you know, dude, what can I buy? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and, and, and they would actually talk to me, which was kind of cool. There's there. always one bottle that like makes someone go, yeah, I love this. Do you yeah. remember that bottle? Oh no, I remember the bottle exactly. Yeah. Cause it was with that girlfriend. It was, and it was with her, it was a dinner with her father at a restaurant called Nora in Washington, DC. Oh we ended, shoot. No way. Nora Puyon. Yeah. Yeah. So we it's ended a great up, place. we ended up in DC, the two of us, the, the girlfriend and I, mm-hmm. who, we're not together anymore, but, right. but at the time we were, um, ended up in DC for a, another sort of couple of years. And her father took us out to dinner at Nora's and he bought, he'd been on this, he'd been on some work, junket that took him to Napa Valley and they had a, they had a right. corporate dinner there or whatever and he bought a bottle at Nora of a wine from the winery he'd visited which turned out to be Diamond Creek oh, so wow. it was a bottle of uh, I mean remember it vividly is 1984 um, this is probably 1989 when we had it but right. 1984 Diamond Creek Volcanic Hill and I remember the he, you know the, we're at the restaurant I'm with my girlfriend and her father you know server dude pours the glass of wine and I'm I'm sitting there, you know talking like trying to 
talk intelligently to my girlfriend's father right. and i'm sitting there drinking this wine thinking what is this stuff yeah. this is insane this is <laughs> it was like i don't know i don't know what's going on you know what this is but i want more of this and right. and, and it was the first time i also got to that you know and everybody in the wine business knows that you know with a great wine you get to the bottom of like the last glass uh, and you're like that's all and you're sort yeah. of like savoring that last you know you know eighth of an ounce yeah, of the wine you know, and and i left that dinner you know and, and i think probably the next day was like I mean, that changed my life. That yeah. was, you know, and I didn't think I would necessarily end up in the business, but I knew from that point on I was going to be into wine right. in some way. I worked as a cellar rat for, sort of switched my teaching schedule around and worked harvest at a winery called Clothes Chance, which was at the time up in Santa Cruz Mountains. Oh, sure. In, I remember those wines. Yeah. Is it like, is it uh, Chard and? Yeah, Chard, Pinot Noir. Yeah, um, and, yeah, yeah. And, and this sure. is And, and this, is, you know, this is 1997, 98. So, um, and... I essentially volunteered as a seller at it's right. like you know i just i'll just i'll do whatever right. you know i want to learn about this and i potentially to write about it and um and it's literally just you know all the things you do like right. you know hosing out you know bins and 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 cleaning I've, tanks and, i have a very good friend pat lorian who used to work yeah. in uh um in new york as a psalm and he fell in love with wine yeah and and he's you know he calls when he goes i can't believe it man i came out here and like everybody wants to hire me uh yeah. for, for nothing yeah for right? nothing and <laughs> and, and he's yeah, like because he goes, he goes john he goes i can't believe it's like I'm, I'm like pat you're an excellent cross player you're 6'2 250 the only thing they see is a guy who can pick up barrels yeah. lug a hose <laughs> and, and and do it over and over again yeah. and i mean it, it is one yeah. thing you learn when you do that is like a huge amount of water because just cleaning stuff oh yeah over and over and over yeah. again it's like a lot of power washing of things unless you're in the loire valley unless you're in the loire yeah no, and you don't clean anything and it's just, you know, yeah, that, then that's terroir. Right. Um, so, but, but so we're both going to get shit over that. Yeah, we are. Yeah, so, yeah, so the natural wine mafia right. is going to come kill yeah. us. Um, but, um, but so what happened was I did these two harvests and I got to the end of the second one and I was like, I, I'm done with academia. I don't, I don't know what that, well, I don't know what I'm going to do in wine, but I'm out of this, this teaching, switching to wine. And, and, it, and, in like one of those utterly random, um, truly serendipitous and random things a friend of mine from from the writing program at stanford had another friend um who had a dinner party i went to the dinner party and i happened to sit next to a guy named peter scott who was the vp of premium port wines which brought in uh, uh, the simington brands dow's grams oh, you know oh, etc the port line the port line yeah and we got to talking and i was like i'm switching to the wine business i have no idea what i'm doing and he's like well no, that's interesting. Do you like port? And I was like, actually, I do like port. Um, one of the like, you know, five people left in the world who likes port. <laughs> right. And who's under sixty? And who's under sixty? And <laughs> yeah. and it, as it turned out, what they were looking for was someone who had it, someone who had an educational background who liked port, who could work as a supplier rep and t and actually tell explain port to people in New York. Basically, I got offered a job being supplier rep for Dow's and Grams in in New York. In and, New York, that's great. And I and I was like, that's a wine job. Yeah. Okay. Do I know anything about sales? You know, hell no. <laughs> not, not a thing. I've never sold a thing in my life except ice cream at Baskin Robbins. You so know. What, what year was this? Like, uh, the, this Rob is 1999. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. So And so I hauled a bag of port around New York, you know, for, for and, and, and the Northeast Coast for a couple of years. Um, writing on the side. I was always, I kept the writing right. going on the side. 
That's um, so crazy because I mean, I think I mean, like I had a wine bag. I I oh, had yeah. a wine bag for years, and I did the same. I did the schlep. Well, and it was before they yeah. invented wine bags with wheels. Yeah, my my chiropractor said that back is that bag is ruining your back. I said, you know what? That bag bought my house. Yeah. So, so it's one of those so like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> it's kind of weird dragging a wheelie bag around. I always think like, what airline? Yeah. The the thing that really like changed my life in that regard was that I wrote a I, it's again in sort of random circumstance I wrote a um, a piece for the Stanford alumni magazine about Stanford grads in the wine business um, so I still was connected back to that and Josh Green at Wine and Spirits oh, sure. so, read it or someone passed it to him and he saw that I was he read the article and he also saw that I was working in the wine business in New York and so he got in touch with me and he's like would you be interested in, in Potentially writing something for Wine and Spirits, and we we met, and pretty quickly that turned into a, a, an editorial job offer because oh, my cool. background was writing and editing. Right. So, and and then I just never looked back from that. I, I switched. I moved to Wine and Spirits, and um, and was a you know editor at Wine and Spirits for a while, and then sw- and then moved from Wine and Spirits to Food and Wine. And so, how long have you been Food and Wine now? Uh, it's as of well, in a couple of weeks, it'll weirdly be fifteen years, which is my wow. Long time. It's like that's in magazine years. That right now, that's like eons. Yeah. You know, people move out of magazines really quickly. That's uh, that's that's absolutely crazy. Because uh, Food yeah. White started in like 1978. Yes, right? as so, a as a 20 page insert in Playboy. No way. The first, oh, the wow. first, the first issue, so to speak, of Food and Wine was an insert in Playboy magazine. It was aimed at men of discerning taste sure. who are into, you know, fine gourmet dining and expensive wines or whatever. I mean, that, I just love that. It's, it's, just, it's you know, the weirdest you know, thing ever. People always said, you know, I read Playboy for the articles. Yeah. Well, now you. It, now, this, I, I, we were literally. That's I, why people. I was, you know, uh, hey, I love your beef bourguignon. Oh, mm-hmm. that's from a Playboy Food and Wine. Yeah. Uh, and we have a we have. I think we still have one copy in the office somewhere. And it's like, and it's. And it's like you know, it's 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 1978. It's like Farrah Fawcett, you know, it wing, you know, that kind of hair. Oh, and everything. Well, 1978 was uh, the movies Close Encounters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. Uh, BGs were destroying <laughs> BGs it. BGs were destroying it. On D- disco was big. Yeah. You know. Uh, did you read uh, which I, one of my favorite books, Ladies and Gentlemen, The Bronx is Burning? I haven't read it. I know of it. I haven't read it's it yet. It's such a great book. Yeah. It, that takes place in 1977. And it's from Howard Cosell is calling a Yankees game. He looks up and he literally says it during the game. He goes, because it's a huge, the fires and right. you know, the famous fires. He goes, ladies and gentlemen, I, th- I think the Bronx it's is burning. burning. And it turned into a great book. And it's about that summer of 77. So 78 is well. 77 was Son of Sam. Son of Sam, yeah. Garbage strike. They yeah. convicted him in 78, the year the Food and Wine right. magazine started. It's so it's kind of started. Like, and it, yeah, and Food and Wine, you know, uh, it, it's funny if you look back. Because when you look back at 78, I mean, that's that's pre-celebrity chef. There wasn't, you know, that was true. It was a very different era for f- for food, certainly. You know, there was there was I mean, the TV. There was no, Mar- there was no Larry Forgione. Alice Waters was she coming uh, on? You know, I mean, Champagnese existed. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to think of like when Champagnese opened. It was the mid 70s, I want to say. Right. You know, but there was no, there was no media coverage of chefs. Right. I mean, the TV chefs was like the Galloping Gourmet That's and a Julia true. Child, of course. Yeah, but you know, Julia Child. Julia Child. But um. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, Emeril was kind of the first celebrity chef, and that's not until the 90s. Right. Yeah. So so it's a very, if you look back at those, I mean, even that first decade of issues, like through the 80s of Food & Wine, it's just a, it's a whole different world of, crazy. except for Jacques Pepin, who's been like in, in Food & Wine and in the food world as a star you know, eternally. <laughs> I, I tell you, I have a, uh, I have an odd addiction to like cooking shows, and it's I've yeah. always been like that. If one's on, I just have to stop and 
watch it and I don't care who it was but Jacques Pepin was, seemed like it was always on so I'm like yeah. I would sit there and like you flambe and Burr Blanc and I'm like sitting there just curious like wow I don't know why I people are like what the hell are you doing I'm like I, don't, I can't pull myself away I don't yeah. know what it is it's it's, it's fascinating <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like food is you know it's, I mean, unfortunately it's one reason why there hasn't been a good wine TV show and there's all these food shows it's like watching cooking is fascinating yeah it's like you got fire you got people chopping stuff up you know you throw in you know if you top chefs you throw into a competition aspect to it but but basically the act of cooking is visually interesting and yeah. and unfortunately the act of drinking wine is really boring and on, on a visual level it's just people picking up yeah. glasses and sipping it i think people relate easier to food because it's so uh, primordial primal. yeah right? and primal you sit around a fire you cook yeah. and wine I, I feel the same way about shows I've, i haven't seen a lot of them because it's like first i know a bunch of people in them so it reminds me of work and like not my idea of entertainment yeah, exactly and secondly it just still looks kind of elitist and it's l- just it's, and, and as hard as they fight and by the way they don't do themselves a favor having five guys and five white guys in suits no <laughs> you know, tasting wine you know and talking about it it's 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 like instant death on tv and it's, <laughs> it really is and, it's, and, and tv's a visual medium it's like right. you know it has to be visually appealing and like five white guys in suits picking up glasses going hmm smells like you know oranges yeah. and a little bit of salt and you're like oh, come on. oh my know, god I saw there was me. one episode of something I saw and it was two guys in suits they're MS candidates I guess and they were at a bar and they had their pins and they were talking to these women picking them and talking about like wine with them and stuff I was like I'm like this is frightening to watch <laughs> and it's I mean it's like, running in the opposite direction yeah, and from I, this I, I, I mean I do TV you know which yeah. is fun it's you like do a one ton of, the, of television yeah, I it's, it's, your, uh, it's a blast um, and, and it's, do you like being on TV I love it yeah. I, I mean I'm, I'm basically a ham I like being yeah. in front of an audience I, right. I, what I really love doing is doing wine tastings for, for large consumer audiences because right. people really get into it and yeah. so on but TV is a blast um, but it's tricky with wine because it's not it's 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 not a visual you know, you've got two options with wine. You either got you know a guy sitting in the studio sipping a wine and talking about it, or you've got the sort of standard like pan through the vineyards and it's like you know golden light, and, yeah, and that's even more mind numbing after a it while. It is. It's bad wine so porn. Yeah. There will be a great wine TV show at some point, but no one's come up with it yet. Yeah. I have an idea. It. I've been pitching yeah? one. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm working on. I'm gonna keep it under wraps. By the way, speaking of television, kudos to you. I saw you on Fox Television. Yes. Uh, talking about the tariffs, and I've done a couple of shows about the tariffs now, and I loved it because first you're on Fox behind enemy lines, basically, yeah, but basically, at least yeah. talking about wine. But there was a great moment you had, and I'm going to really butcher it, and then you can, you can repair it for me. But uh, somebody who's not in our business or not into this kind of cu- the culture of wine said, uh, well, what's the big deal? I mean, somebody doesn't you know, drink this wine, you just switch them over to a domestic wine. And you came back with a great music analogy. I was like, that is brilliant. Yeah, it's like, it, it essentially, it's like, you know, it, you, know, you know, so you like, you know, you like Hermitage. Why don't you just buy California Cabernet? It's like, well, you know, if you, if you take a equivalent audience and say you know you love country music and i'm right. sorry we're we're going to tear off country music out of existence so why don't you just listen to some you know free jazz yeah you know, you know, you know i mean and it's like it's it, it's it's yeah. not doable you know it's, it's like well it's, it's, you know, it's such like, a great analogy all i could do is like <laughs> I could think Roy Clark, yeah, uh, and, and like, and then, yeah, and then and they go to like Arnett Coleman, yeah, like, and it's like you know, really and the, 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 like ah, you know, and it's but it you know, and, and I I I admit that I mean so I prep probably prepped more for that TV segment than any TV I've done ever because right. I wanted to because I, I felt Good like I you. was going behind enemy lines yeah. and I but it's the only way to reach you know so. I'll back up. The tariff thing is a bipartisan issue. It's it's not a, a not a blue or red thing. It's like right. people drink wine on both sides of the of the divide. I agree, yeah. and it's going to affect people on both sides of the divide. Right. So, but the 
the hard audience to reach is not the is not the sort of liberal side. It's the hard audience to reach is the Fox viewer. So sure. it's like, I'm, of course, I'm going to do the show. Um, right. But I wanted to have an answer for every possible, you know, question I might get asked. And I, I pick. I mean, realistically, I looked at the, you know, you look at the audience of Fox, and it's, you know, and it's like, well, I'm not, country music seems like a good, you know, analogy. Fantastic. I thought um, it was brilliant. Yeah. And you know, the, it's funny. The only question that threw me up, you know, threw me off was. Um, you know, as with all those talking head shows, the, even on Fox, they have one guy who's like the liberal guy, yeah. you know, who's like the 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 the, the outlier, sure. and and he said something about you know, well, isn't this just Trump pandering to his you know his his base who don't care about wine anyway, and and it threw me because I I had prepped for all the sort of like conservative question I hadn't prepped for a, a, a you know a, yeah. a, a, a left wing question <laughs> right. yeah. and then and the 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 best answer would have been I don't think this this is a bipartisan thing right. go. but instead I was and instead I was like yeah well probably it is pandering right. <laughs> you, know, and then you can see the fox I was looking at you like that's not the answer you're supposed to give <laughs> right <laughs> so whatever you know but uh I you know it went it went surprising well and it's and a number of you know republican senators and congress people have weighed in against this right because um, it it does damage you know it damages local economies and it's not a it's not a partisan thing. Yeah, I think um, it's it's not. And I I did a bunch of stuff and people can uh, check it out on drinking out of the job. Yeah. Uh, I did a bunch of videos about how it's really the, the whole supply chain to it's yeah. truck drivers, waiters, clerks, wine stores that are going to be really hit yeah. and uh, cause a big yeah, punch a big hole in the economy and unemployment. Yeah, it's so, cause layoffs. It's uh, you know it's it's not good. It's for not our, good. Not and, good for our business. And yeah. I mean, and as we're recording this, we're you know we're few days out from yeah. what may be a decision about it, right. but we don't know yet. Yeah. So I'm thinking well. Uh, let's let's hope that it's uh, it, they don't, I don't think it's my guess is they're going to do something maybe in 21 with the election coming up the yeah. last thing they want to do is really continue to shake that uh, tree because they're riding on the economy and unemployment it actually goes back to when I was talking about getting into wine you know the, one of the things that I that that drew me to this where I wanted to get out of academia was that I I really love outside of loving wine right. I, I really love the community of the people it's like yeah. I, I like these people these are people I want to work with and the thing you've seen with the tariffs has been this incredible like sort of surge of of effort and and working together to try and stop this that's mm. really remarkable i yeah. think it's I, it, you know, it's really cool right. um and it's across you know it's across multiple states and it's you know it's it's the wine business coming coming together as a as a as a force of and a community to stop something that's dangerous to the right. community. Well, I mean, it's when I think human nature is at its best when we're all pulling together and it's a problem. Like yeah. we're in a war, it's a common cause. We come together, right? Yeah. Um, so let's go to the first wine. Yeah. Um, I wanted to throw you a, a, a weird curveball. <laughs> we were drinking it before we started. It is a weird curveball. <laughs> it's from Chile, um, so it's tariff proof. Um, mm -hmm. But also, I want to bring. So Chile is known for a lot of inexpensive wine and classically Bordeaux varietal or Pinot Noir on the coast. And I wanted to bring something. This guy, Roberto and Enriquez is a cult hero, and these wines just disappear so fast. And it's a semillon, which you don't think of growing in. Uh, this is Biobio, so it's the southern tip of Chile. Right. Not a lot of huge like elevation. Obviously, surrounded by ocean and uh, um, a river that goes right down. So it's much cooler climate. Uh, old vine, a semillon, uh, Chasselas, and Moscatel Alexandria, which is a Muscat, so yep. floral, and uh, I really, really flipped when I first had this wine. It's, it's what what's cool about it is it's as I mm. like bang my wine glasses together. Mm. It's it's floral, but it's 
it's not a fruity one. It's a savory. It's an intensely savory wine, which is really cool. And it's, I'm, I'm assuming there's skin contact. You know, there's this uh, three month skin contact yeah. on this. It's all steel tank. Yeah. The crazy thing is the semillon. So you get this kind of cucumber note. Yeah. Right. Almost like pyrazine. And I've been reading about this, and they're like, it's kind of a classic note of semillon from this area because normally Hunter Valley, California, you get right. more waxy. You get all these other kind of components. Here, it's manifest it's, like it this. manifests yeah. as, as like cucumber skin yeah. which is which is which is cool yeah. actually yeah, yeah, it's, no it's a, it's a it's a fascinating wine and and it's and it, what i like about it is it's surprise i mean you know, when you poured it for me i didn't see the bottle initially i'm like tasting this as, as we do in the business i'm like what is this yeah. and, and my basic response was like i don't know what the hell this is this is this is this is, yeah. this is in the unidentifiable zone sure. you know it's like you know i can you know taste you know pinot noir it's like yeah it's probably burgundy maybe it's full may you yeah. know and, and you taste this you're like i don't know what this yeah. is i don't know where it's from yeah. it's cool i like it yeah but you know, I know. um so that's what's is it that, expensive though is it a, um this is probably would be in a retail store i think around 25 bucks yeah see that's that's the thing about these this so i was down in valparaiso in chile oh yeah for a, right for on the a, coast yeah a kind of a cool event that was a um it was a street art like graffiti art and wine that's festival cool. and cool. valparaiso is valparaiso is like is like san francisco without any of the tech money it's a right. it's a seaside town on on a series of kind of like slopes up from the hills but it's very working class and it's and it's always been kind of you know working class artsy right. uh, and a lot it's got a, it's got a huge you know street art kind of um history originally political originally against the 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 repressive government and then now more just kind of like crazy right and but what you, but what I, all the wines I was tasting, the the ones that were blowing me away were these ones from the far south of Chile, from Biobio and yeah. from from Malle, and right. and there's such cool stuff going on down there. They're really, I mean, this is from a teeny one hectare. Um, yeah, I, well, you brought a white, but let's do the red. Yeah. you want to do the red first? Let's or? do the red from the Chile. Okay. Let's okay. do the Chilean red first. Uh, yeah. So same producer. Uh, so it, the producer, it's a Roberto Enriquez, but it's called Notro. Uh, so this is crazy. This is like hundred to two hundred year old. Uh, Pais, Pais yeah, yeah, and uh, done in these old Rowley barrels. Um, that's so pretty. Oh yeah. nose. I mean, that's a cool wine. Yeah. Um, it's got like spice and mm-hmm. strawberry, and reminds. I mean, spice and strawberry, yeah. but but yeah. but the, but strawberry is one of those weird fruit characteristics of wine that can be kind of cloying when you get some Grenaches that go way strawberry and yeah. ripeness. Yeah. But this is like a. This is you know this is where where the rest of the world is like oh wine geeks they're just ridiculous but it's kind of like a cool it's a cool strawberry it's yeah. like a it's like a it's not a warm climate strawberry it feels like cool climate strawberry with this, this beautiful spice overlay on yeah, it and it's like pepper and it almost like the green leaf from the strawberry has kind of yeah. been mashed in it's just and crazy no one who's listening can see this but this wine is like is this this pale transparent yeah. you know sort of like pale ruby transparent wine I mean so, actually I was drinking I was drinking. Um, over at Racine's right before we started, I yeah. was having a glass of Gamay from I can't remember the producer, but yeah. it's it's labeled as Gamay Beaujolais or you yeah. know whatever, it's and it's you know it's it's in the natural zone, but not overwhelmingly natural, right. and it's just a it's just like a you know down it and yeah. and love it wine. That, that's a, like I mean I think people uh, who who are getting into wine find wine that's just a table wine. Yeah, every night's not a you don't have to spend fifty dollars every night to have a bottle of wine. You can find really affordable, great wine, inexpensive. Um, let's do the ravine. Yeah, that you brought. So, ravine. You so brought I, white. Um, I brought. I brought white. Oh, I, brought, I got one. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, so uh, actually, I was going to say though, in regard to what you just said, I was talking to a chef, and I can't remember mm-hmm. which chef it was because food and wine. We talked to a lot of chefs, but he said, you know, this is you know, 
not everything has to be super not every ingredient and every food you eat has to be super special all the time right it's like sometimes it's really nice just to have good mac and cheese you know or whatever it doesn't have to be this thing sourced from this tiny place that costs like five times as much as the regular pasta and it's true with wine too it's like you know there's some it's really nice to occasionally just get a really pleasant drinkable yeah down you know don't well you don't have to think so much you yeah. just have a pleasant yeah. time drink i always say like every every glass of wine doesn't have to be tolstoy sometimes yeah. you just want a dime novel to rip through yeah right? exactly like, it's, yeah uh, it's a good mystery you know uh, so food and wine's been around for 40 plus years now yeah and i'm thinking ray how do we make food and wine uh relevant or not that it's not irrelevant i'm just saying how do we how do you, uh, you update it so yeah. i've got ideas i'm thinking we do uh grub and grape yeah, grab right, grab yeah okay. You still write, yeah. right? But we change your name to Ray Ray. Okay. okay. I write as Big Daddy. Okay, good. Yeah. And we I like just that. write about yeah. And we, we just, just write about alcoholic seltzer. Yeah. <laughs> white yeah. claw and yeah, go white, to claw, white claw and that's it. Yeah. And uh we could go, we get skinny yeah. jeans together, and we could go. I think we call it food out. and claw. And then we're good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody in the wine business will kill us. Right, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, it's like, it's that, you know, every magazine faces this is like, you know, it's how do you con- continue, you know, you're a 40 year old brand, you're a 50 year old brand, yeah, how do you continue to be relevant, right. you know, and, and what you do is you hope you follow trends and keep content, you know, it's, 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 it's fun. I mean, it's funny with wine. It's like, if you look back at the things that became trendy and then like, yeah. you know, when I, I mean, when I was selling port in 1999, which is a while back, you know, Duckhorn Merlot was allocated. Like you I couldn't, you couldn't get it. It's right. like, a, I gotta get some Duckhorn. And you, now you think that's, <laughs> that's well, a different world. It's man. a different world. But you know, what's funny is it's like everything kind of catches up, but like in the middle of the country and I'm not bad mouthing them, but like there are the, there are still, Parts of the states were like, oh my god, I I will I will grab every bottle of Duckhorn I can get. Mm-hmm. And there's other like you couldn't sell that in New York if you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a steakhouse might buy it, but like, but good luck your, putting it in front your of some. Average sommelier would be like, what are you doing yeah. to me? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's like I don't think so. And and at the same time, you can sell wines that no one would have touched in the past. Uh, this, by the way, wine yeah. is fantastic. The Ravine so, Riesling. Yeah, Ravines. So I brought this. Um, so 2011. So Ravines Dry Riesling, Argent Singer Vineyard. So it's single vineyard wine from Ravines. It's Finger Lakes. It's New York. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think one of the interesting things that's going on in the U.S. right now is that is the is the level of winemaking in the non-famous states, which is basically not you know not Washington, Oregon, or California. There's right. you start to get these clusters of really good winemakers making mm-hmm. wines in in Finger Lakes, in Virginia, in Texas, in right. in Arizona, and as a writer, it's it's really interesting. It's still a local market because it's so hard to sell. I mean, try selling a Texas wine in New York. I, mm, I mean, no. I, I, I'm assuming the Sierra portfolio is not stacked with Texas <laughs> no, wines. No, no, you no. Know? But but they're yeah. they're so good. And this is like this this is this is legit world class Riesling. I mean, this, I, I this totally wine. agree. So if, if I so we had the guy from uh, Rooftop Reds on mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Brooklyn, and we tasted a bunch of. New York, uh, Red Tail Ridge. Uh, yeah. I've done some old stuff with them. It's amazing. I mean, like if you put those in a glass and you put them in front of the, the best psalms, they're, I would, I'd bet against that they would be calling it like New York Riesling. I think it would be a hard, I mean, yeah. it, particularly for anyone who hasn't had good Finger Lakes Riesling, I, th- I, I don't know where they call it from, but I don't think they'd think New York. And it's, yeah. you know, this is, this is, you know, eight years post, you know, so it's 2019, this is 2011. It's had time to develop. Hmm. It's, it's got, huge mineral content yep. it's got you know beautiful fruit it's it's a it's a particularly good vineyard and 
the folks at ravines make really good wines but like i mean that's a delicious wine mm-hmm. and that's not a crazy expensive wine that's a 30 buck wine 35 buck wine or something yeah i mean that's absolutely that is like that is so good. So let's 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 talk about hedonism for a bit. Yeah. I mean, your food and wine, like, what what, what is your f- absolute like a, a food and wine pairing where it was like you know the sunlight was coming through the stained <laughs> glass window and you heard people talking to you. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's funny. It's um, old white burgundy and roasted leg of lamb is a amazing pairing. Well, and, and that's you something would, you would never think, but it's. Right. Something about the the gaminess of the lamb and the and the nuttiness and savoriness of the old white burgundy was just a and it's powerful and, yeah. and, it's a, and it's a big wine. It's not. It's yeah. not. I mean, it's the fact that it's white is immaterial. It's like yeah. it's just big and and has some power behind yeah. it. Um, you know, I I also think you know I at some point I can try to remember the restaurant, but I did have a you know barsac and foie gras, and you're like. Yeah, actually, sweet, yeah. sweet, sweet dessert <laughs> wines with botrytis and foie gras really do work together yeah. brilliantly. But it's, I find that the the, I, I mean, one, I think that you can spend way too much time thinking about pairing. I think if you're sure. a, if you're a psalm in a restaurant, that's your job. Mm-hmm. But if you're at home, it's kind of like, man, just drink some wine and have some food, and and drink the yeah. wine you like with the food you like, and don't worry about it too much. Um, at the same time, there are some things that just work. Sure. Brilliantly, you know, together. I used to tell uh, people if you, and, and there's all push and pull on this, of course. Mm. Like, you know, you, you put salty food with like salty wines, and but right. then there's like, no, maybe put butter, like right. big Chardonnays with salty wine. I always think the push, push and pull of that is interesting, but there's no doubt if you have. Uh, Sancerre from Chavignol and you have Chavignol goat cheese and you put those it, in your mouth at the same yeah. time if you don't have some kind of like like uh, your neurons are like firing out your ears then you don't it, have a palate apparently wrong. you don't have a palate or you're, right. you're, you're strange yeah. but that is like so brilliant and that's a, I always use that as a benchmark to people because people like who don't or, or really don't pay that much attention and like try this and t- tell me there's not some synergy and magic here yeah well I think that no it, wine has this ongoing big problem of being seen as pretentious and and wine pairing is like pretentious plus oh my god yeah at at the same time so when i i do a seminar frequently that's i i I do a wine pairing seminar that's based on wine pairing with potato chips and i do (laughs) sea salt potato chips i do salt and vinegar potato chips i do salt and black pepper potato chips i do back barbecue potato chips because there's always sugar in barbecue all right and then i do something that's lactic or creamy which is either a, a cheese potato chip or a, or right. a ranch style um the thing is it isolates specific flavor profiles mm-hmm. and, and you and you realize what salt does to your palate and then right. what vinegar does to your palate and 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 you can you can taste very clearly like if you sip a wine and you eat a vinegar and salt potato right. chip and sip the wine again you will realize that the that wine changed its character and the vinegar affected your perception of the acidity and right. it's a blast to do for consumers because um i mean people in the wine business kind of know this but if you do it for people who are just average everyday wine drinkers they're like oh my god yeah it's, and then that leads to this sort of thing where it's like you know if you if you have a, a vinaigrette on a green salad if you pour a chardonnay with it you just killed the chardonnay because the vinegar is going to wipe out the acidity in the chardonnay right. it's going to taste flat as hell so what you actually want contrary to what you think is you want a high acid wine with your vinaigrette because it's because the food always wins the food's going to moderate the acidity right. of the wine down and so like a sablonc a sablonc so that yeah. sancerre that you pour with your yeah. with your green salad yeah. will suddenly taste fruity rather than sharp yeah and it's and it you know yes wine pairing is pretentious but at the same time you know the chemistry of your palate is real 
Sure. And, you know. Well, it's the same. I mean, like, why are people so nuts? I like, I um, I, I did wine classes for like Wall Street brokers for yeah. a, a while, and they paid me a ridiculous amount of money sitting from. That's good. Thirty I like guys, that. Yeah. thirty guys <laughs> pounding scotch, and yeah. like, and and they're paying me to talk to them so they don't look like. And like absolute idiots when yeah. they go out to a restaurant. Right. So I sit in front of like 30 minute suits and they're rowdy as fuck. Yeah. And I'm just, and I just yell at the top. I'm like, hey, yeah. stop. Jesus Christ. We go back to drinking scotch. Let's learn something here. And they're like, and then everything gets quiet because I, yeah. for know, five minutes. For yeah. five yeah. minutes. And I'm like, who drinks beer? What do you, what, what kind of beer? Pilsner. I like this. I like lager. Like, like why? I like this, this, this. I go, that's all we're talking about. That simple, man. That's it. Let's drink yeah. some wine. Same exact kind of components you're looking for in your wine. That's it. I just want, you know, when you go out, think about what you're ha having. And here's a couple of tips for you. Never click your fingers at a waiter. The only person yeah. who got away with it was John Gotti. Yeah. So don't ever yeah, do that. They, don't click your fingers at a waiter unless you can actually shoot people and kill them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. If, you, if, you, if you are that lethal, you can go ahead and click yeah. your fingers yeah. at anybody. And, yeah. and don't ask for your wine to be sitting in an ice bucket for seven hours. That's a yeah. rube. You just spent $200 on a bottle of wine if you're a broker. If it's too cold, you taste absolutely shit. There's like yeah. some basic rules that you're here to. So that's what I would do in these classes for these like testosterone poisoned Wall Street brokers. And I loved it at the end i will never forget the guy who put this all together for deloitte and touche we were at uh talking about old school sign of the dove yeah. oh <laughs> sign of the dove is, oh, is, beyond, is like shit. old school beyond old <laughs> school dusty. yeah does so, it still exist no no okay. no yeah. so they so i'm and but they, and it, it, it lasted a really a long, very time. long time yeah so i'm sitting there and then the guy who put all this together he's like the, the president of deloitte and touche. Right. he says that was amazing uh, sit down. I had a scotch with him. He's like, "How are you getting home?" I said, "Jump the train." He's like, "No, no, no. I'm getting your car service. Car service." I get up the next day. I'm hungover. These guys must have been crazy hungover. I'm watching like the seven o'clock news, the finance thing. He's on in a suit, looking yeah, sharp, sharp as shit, yeah. and just yeah. doling out the advice of like, "Yeah, you want to get out of your market funds. You don't want to do this." And I'm like, "Look at this guy, man. These people make the world go round, man." They do. But they do. They you know, and and they, they know how to drink. They do for know how sure. to drink. What I thought was crazy is like, he, I said, "So why am I here?" And he's like. At the end of the year, the budget, we have like another half a million dollars we have to spend. It's tax deductible tax deductible if we can do it for education. So right. you're here just to educate, and that's why we that's pay you stupid money. To spend the money, you know. I knew, I, mean, I knew a guy in finance who, who, whose, whose job was cultivating people for deals, basically. And his expense account for going out to dinner for one year was like $600,000. We, we all need friends like that. Yeah, and it was like... <laughs> That's just crazy. But he was trying to like get guys to do billion dollar deals, and and it was seen as just you know it's like take him to Bernardin, buy him a fucking excuse me oh. two thousand dollar bottle of wine, and you know and and maybe to work. You yeah, know that's that's <laughs> that's, in, that's absolutely incredible. Um, we have to talk about you just. You were yes. just with the rock. I was just with the rock. <laughs> yeah. On. So let's close that so with the rock. In, in the in the realm you got of a tequila the, brand, in, of course. In the realm of yeah, it's like I. So in the realm of the weird things that I do, you know, it's like food and wine. We're a pretty big magazine. Um, so the rock, you know, Dwayne Johnson, um, it has a tequila brand coming out, um, Terramana, and and um, he and legitimately he's been a tequila drinker all along, which is you know okay. good for him. Yeah. But I. I kind of suspect on some level they looked at that George Clooney oh, thing yeah. and they're like sold it for a billion bucks let's do a tequila <laughs> yeah. um, but at the same time so I, I you know so PR gets in touch with us we get in touch with them and eventually what happens is I fly down to Atlanta to interview The Rock about his tequila oh, and, shit. and you know it's like I've done celebrity interviews before and 
you know, celebrities, the people who are driven to be celebrities are a very strange group of people. And yeah. not all of them are that fun. He's incredible. It's like whatever, what you see on the screen, the, that appealing kind of like, you know, yeah. whatever it is, his personality, the dude's just a blast to hang out with. He's, yeah. he's really fun. The tequila is legit. It's, yeah. it's, it's pot still. It's hundred percent agave. It, I was, you know, the worst case scenario with things like this is particularly celebrity stuff. Is you, you go in thinking, okay, this is a, Name celebrity name slapped onto sure. a generic piece of garbage, and they know shit about it. And they they're know shit just, about it. They're just and, pimping it, yeah. And they're just pimping it, and oh. and they literally have nothing to do with the brand. Right. And and in this case, he's been down at Lisco. He's been involved in in the whole process, and 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 I believe it too. I don't think it's actually just all BS. I think right. I, I think it's in, entirely true and legit. And and um and plus, you know. The dude's just a blast to hang out with. He's really fun. He's huge. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a giant human being yeah. who, with, who is all muscle. Can you get him on the show for me? I'm going to try. Yeah, I'm going to okay, work on that. Okay, that'd be great. Yeah. I love so, The Rock to know. come on the show. Yeah, so. Um, that, that's, that's one of the best things about, about your job, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous, but amazing. What a fun you fucking know. job you have. I mean, I, I, my daughter was very impressed. You yeah. know, I, like, I, it's very hard to impress a, a teenager. Uh, you know, yeah. this this actually like qualified. This no. was legit. She so was like, "Do you pitch stories all day long to food and wine?" I'm thinking this. I'm thinking this because obviously there's a relevance issue for, for food and wine. Right. Uh, and and I mean, it's a mature brand. That's fantastic. But like, how, like, how do you keep people interested that aren't aren't dying? Right? Like, how do right. I get my how do my how does my you know teenage twenty uh, two well, year old daughter go? Hey, I'm gonna look up this for a recipe. You're like, well, how do you? Is are you at all interested in attracting that, or you're like, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you have to, or you, or you, or you're, right. or you're, right. you're done as a, as a. I mean, you're done as a, as a media brand, which is, and right. so that that was a, going to what I was going to say. What's the readership now? Uh, circulation's about nine hundred eighty thousand. Readership's about six million. That's so legit. It's, it's wow. big. That's legit. That's all online. Mostly. That's that's print. Wow, are you kidding me? Yeah. So online is is a lot of other people and Holy what's shit. weird is the online audience and the print audience don't actually overlap that much i could see that yeah. and so um and most of our um sort of most of the investment we've been doing over the past probably like seven or eight years has been to to digital stuff i wow. mean the magazine has been fairly stable the the print magazine has been fairly stable it's you know it skews older than the right. digital audience and the and the audience we're trying to build is the, is the digital audience because that's yeah. that's the nature of the world right now and um you know i think if you look at food and wine you know it's it's radically more diverse than it was five years ago you right. know i think the wine business is radically more diverse than it was absolutely you know yeah. it's yeah. the wine business has not been the most diverse business on the planet let's say yep but it's yeah. changing which is great the, certainly the sound world has changed a mm. lot um you know, not not just in terms. Of, I mean, one the representation of women in the in the, in the sommelier world and the wine world is, is far greater than it once was. You know, the representation of you know of 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 diversity in all regards is greater than it was. Yeah, much needed. And you yeah. try and both as a magazine and a and a and a digital publisher, you try and both. You, what you really try and do is anticipate rather than track. You 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 want to be ahead of the trend, mm. and you want to say. You want you don't want to say this is what's going on. You say this is what's going to be going on. So you talk about natural wine and what's happening. Like yeah, I've written yeah. a fair amount about natural wine. I find natural wine fascinating. I I I have a love hate. I think natural wine thing. You I know, think. it's like the truth is, I like everything about natural. Wine. I like the I like the philosophy. I like the sensibility. I like sure. the fact. I love. I like the idea of no intervention. 
but the problem is I don't like a lot of the wines. Sure. And so I, I have this internal conflict about them. I think that it's unmistakably a major movement in wine mm. and isn't going away. No, it's not going away. You I've know. been talking about this for 10 years. Yeah. I'm not going away. It's it's this odd thing where it's gotten tremendous amounts of press, but the actual volume of wine sold is not that huge. Mm-hmm. And particularly once you get out of a market like New York or sure. San Francisco. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's, I find the whole thing absolutely fascinating and I'm, I'm yeah. still trying to, you know, wrap my personal taste and brain around it. Well, I don't know. I mean, what do you think about it? Um, there's so many natural brands I love, yeah. uh, but I've also been doing this for so long that I find many wines that I would have said, this is just flawed and not good. It's one of the most interesting debates, like from a writing point of view. I, I, we always close with like cool places for people to eat. Yeah. Um, under the radar or or like you just got to go there if you haven't been there um what do you like where do you go with your wife you know i like i like giacopanelli's new place um lalu um oh where's that it's in it's in it's in brooklyn okay. it's in um uh it's in fort green i think lalu? Um, I, yeah, i've heard about it okay. you know um i i take anybody that i who's not a new yorker that comes out i take them to manhattan because the oh, view okay. is out of control good spectacular and, i agree you know and i agree and it's just so much fun to watch a non-new yorker look out at the city and go oh my god yeah uh, you know totally. um, i think crown shy which is in the same neighborhood yep. is a fantastic 70 restaurant. pine really yeah. good restaurant those I guys agree. are doing those yep. guys are doing really yep. good food um you know i think the llamas llamason and so on those that that whole group is doing i cool just heard stuff. about like yeah. that's the place i need to go next yeah so um it's you know it's it's funny i i try and hit every new place I can possibly get to. Yeah. It's after you've been in the business a long time, you, 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 you see this, this kind of arc of like, everything's hot and then it falls off. Sure. Everything's hot. So it falls off. Though, right. And, and at a certain point you're kind of like, you know, I mean, I'm not waiting in line anymore for an hour Hell, to get into a no, new no. restaurant. You know, um, big daddy doesn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also like, life, line. Is, life is yeah. short. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's New York. We have a, fantastic yeah. restaurant every four blocks like, yeah so I mean I, I, I still love going to Shreve Pie in, in oh in you know, uh, Queens in right? Queens yeah. yeah it's like yeah. I love Shreve Pie is a secret that's a great yeah, yeah that's a good so uh, actually I had a, a spectacularly good meal at Ada or I mean it's A-D-D-A I think everybody pronounces it yeah Ada but right. it's actually Ada and which is um, Indian uh, sort of chefy indian food okay it's in long island city um it was one of our restaurants of the year last year okay yeah and it's it's crazy good and it's wow, like and okay. you can and it's it's you know you can pair wine with these with these dishes you have to kind of like process the different flavors but right you know i mean that was a that was a blast and a really good meal um and so the nice thing about new york is there's there's always something new yeah i love it uh so where do you go for have like great bottle of wine that maybe people don't know about uh where or, com- do I, or comfortable place where do i go to yeah. drink it yeah oh uh, so um, a couple places i mean i go to racines all the time love i mean it. i yeah. mean love racines um i love the people there i love the restaurant uh, you know it's just and the wine list is a tome and pascaline will walk you through it it will walk you through it but yeah. also there if you're in the biz you you it's they're fine with you bringing wine yeah you know it's uh, the, the diego who's the chef right now is the is 
they finally have the right chef for the restaurant. I mean, he's brilliant. I think he's terrific, and the food fits with the wine program. And wow. it's like I I just love the place. I think like, so. You know. Why haven't you written a sci-fi like Gibson Vert <laughs> wine food and wine novel? Is, is has there is there any sci-fi food and wine book? Not that I can think so of. Think about this, because you would have the potential to create dishes. Yes. That were, out of you know, protoplasm and uh, like all that crazy uh, roasted, uh, like needs endoplasmic to be done, reticulum yeah. kind of crap that you could yeah. write about and uh-huh. talk about like the proteins in it. I, I mean, uh, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. I, clearly, I need to do this. Are you writing you know? a book? Um, I am working on a on a book, a wine book that I will, I will not say anything about because the problem with working on books I find sure. is that if you actually talk about it before you finish the thing, then you, then you immediately think, oh, God, that's stupid. Why am I doing this? So you have to maintain this, like, complete suspension of belief that what you're doing is good. Right. And so you just finish the whole thing first and then... And then I think it's a way that that's the only way to do it is yeah. get it out because everyone's a critic and you and then you become your and own you critic. Become, and you're I mean, you're, you're, you're always your own worst critic. You know, Aww. it's like, so... You know. well, uh, thank you. Um, uh, such a pleasure, thank man. Thank you this so is a much blast. for being yeah. on, on the show. Yeah. And um, uh, being part of Bevuary. Uh, Bevuary. I'm pro Bevuary. I mean, I, dry January seems just stupid to me. I, I mean, both stupid and actually impossible to do for me. So, you know, that's like, I, I can't not drink wine. I, I, what What's the point of life if you don't drink wine? Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com. Until then, I'll see you at the bar. Mm-hmm.